Second Samuel chapter 11 and verse number 1. When you find your place, if you would please stand with reverence and respect to God's Word. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse number 1. you find your place, say Amen. 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 Alright, you, you uh, say Amen like that and I'll preach real sweet this morning. Amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse number 1. The Bible said this, And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Let's read that one more time. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But listen this. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Let's pray. Your Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you today and God, we just praise your name. Father, for your mercy, for your grace. God, I'm glad, Father, you're still working on me. And Father God, we just pray this morning, Lord, that you'd have your hand this morning be done upon each and everything. And God, this morning, I humbly pray, Lord, that you'd help our hearts to be tender. God, to be receptive to your word. Father God, we just praise you for what you're about to do in this place. And God, we pray that you'd help that one, maybe closest to hell this morning. Father, we pray that you'd save their soul before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Father, God, we pray, Lord, for that one maybe struggling. God, that you'd bring them back to your fold. Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think we're standing to be seated. I'm going to preach on this thought this morning. Brother J.R. has done hit on this and, and and it's amazing he said i don't know why we went all these different ways well again i, I think i do man i got a pretty good idea i'll preach on this thought this morning what happens when we give into temptation what happens when we give into temptation now over there paul was talking to carnal Christians. Amen. That's what he was doing. And I believe in a sense they had went and given in to some temptation. So what is it that happens when you and I, as children of God, give in to temptation? Well, we'll look at that. But before we get started, my way of introduction, I want to give you some history on this book of 2 Samuel. And I want to look at the context and what's going on in our Scripture. Now, this is very familiar Scripture this morning. And if you've been saved very long, most of you have heard it, amen. Uh, but God has shown me some different things about David this morning in the text, alright? Now, as you and I uh, come to this book this morning of 2 Samuel, you'll notice with me that it's a book that is full of ups and it's full of downs. Now, that sounds a lot like our last, does it not? There's times that we're and there's times that we're down. Amen. That's just the way that it is in life. There's times that we're happy. There's times that we're sad. There's times that we live for Christ. And there's times that we're honest that we don't. Amen. Sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down. There's not one of us in this building this morning that is perfect and is always us. If you are, tell me how you do it, please. Amen. Because there's times I'm up 
and there's times our doubt. That's the way we are. All right. Now we know that David this morning, uh, when we see his name here, we know him as the man who slew Goliath. Do we not? And we know that David is the man who is a man after God's own heart. We know that. Would you agree? And it just so happens in this book of Second Samuel that we can learn how to be great men and women for the Lord Jesus Christ if you and I would just obey God. Alright, so in this book of 2 Samuel this morning, we see that it records the highlights of David's life and his reign as king. And it's in this book you would also see that he reigns over the territory of Judah and then he reigns over the whole entire nation of Israel. Alright, we see that David was a man this morning who had a big influence on the people there. And not only that, but he was a man that was over the people there. Alright, so he got in that position uh, because he was a man after God's own heart. Now, we see that in this book as well that it traces the ascension to David uh, to the throne. Alright, then it shows something else. His life was full of ups and downs. It shows his sin of adultery and murder because of that adultery in his life. Now, not only did David's sin affect himself, But David's sin affected his whole family line. Alright? Now, preacher, don't preach on this. Just preach on something else. I know how we get up. But listen, we'll look at that a little bit later. Now, if you and I were to look at the theme of this book this morning of 2 Samuel, I guess you could look at it like this. And this is important. In chapters 1 through 10, you'd look at the triumphs of David. In uh, chapter number 11... Where we're at this morning, you'd see the transgression of David. So we're looking at chapters 1 through 10, the triumphs of David. Chapter 11, the transgression of David. That's one chapter. Chapter 11. And then in chapters 12 through 24, you'd see the troubles of David. That speaks volumes to me. One chapter of David's life costed him 12 chapters of troubles in the Word of God. One chapter in his life. One chapter in your life could determine the outcome of the rest of your life. It's important. Life is a fragile thing. I I used to be in my twenties, and I thought life's not that fragile. Now I'm 34 and I'm learning life and the decisions that we make are very important life. Very important life. And as I get older, I'll probably learn that more, maybe, if I don't get hard-headed. But listen, the text we're going to be in this morning is dealing with this great man named David. And the key truth illustrated through this book of 2 Samuel is the exact same thing from the book of Deuteronomy. And that is that obedience to God will bring blessing in your life and disobedience will bring curses to your life. Okay, David disobeyed God and because of that we see him live a life of trouble. As he was living for God, his rule over Judah was extended. And as great of all that is this morning, we know David failed. And I'm not talking bad about David. But God put this in here for a reason that we see him fall in chapter number 11. And when you look at his life after that, it was days followed by trouble and by misery. What I'm getting at is one day of your life could determine what happens down the rest of your road. One day. 
I've heard people make, make this statement. A man went to jail a while back, invited him to church, and don't look at me like I got four eyes. And then he said, because of one thing I've done. He said, it's wrecked my life. He said, one night I wrecked my life. One night. My life. One decision can make all the difference in your life, in your children's lives, my child's life. One decision. I believe that we can look at this part of David's life, child of God, and we can see what it is, what you and I ought not to do. Well, let's look at what's going on here in the context. This will make sense in a minute. So here in the context of chapter number 11, we see this morning that a fight is going on. The Bible says in verse number 1, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. The battle was hot here, and the battle was heavy, and keep this in your mind, but David, at this point in his life, he's not in the fight, he's not doing nothing for God, he sat down. This was a time in which the kings were supposed to battle, but the king's not in the fight. He's sitting on the sideline this morning, and there's a lot of folk in our day that are sitting on the sideline doing nothing in the fight. Say, preacher, I don't like this. Well, that's the truth. Amen. It's like a good dose of day quill. Nobody likes the taste. Once you get it down, it'll help you. Amen. Uh, that's just the way it is. But listen, let's look now what David does when he does get up. Alright, the Bible says in verse number 2, and it came to pass in an evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. David decides to finally get out of the bed and what he sees is a woman naked bathing herself. Alright, he looks at her and he thinks this. He says, boy, I gotta have her. Let me tell you something this morning. We look at a lot of things. Not, I'm not just talking about lusting after the opposite sex. I'm talking about we look at a lot of things. And we think, well, I've got to have that. You know what we ought to do is pray, God, do you want me to have this or not? So we see lust is conceived in his heart at this point. Let's read on the Bible says in verse number 3. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of a lamb? The wife of Uriah the Hittite. Not only did he see her, he went and inquired after her. That word inquired means to make examination. It means to give the idea, as Mr. Webster says, inquire into all circumstances of the case. Now that brings a big picture to what's going through David's mind at this time in your Bible. I believe David knew the circumstances that might await him. If he went any farther into this sin that he was about to step into. He examined it and it's almost like he becomes so enticed with this lady with what he wanted to have at this time that he don't care what the circumstances in his life are going to be. David's in a bad part of his life. And right there goes that saying. Now I'm going to say this. Be unblazed. This is a dangerous statement made by many child of God. I look at the menu as long as I don't touch. That's wrong. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. 
The Bible said that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Amen. That's the Word of God. Well, David looked, he sent, and he said, I've got to have it. Here's what happened. The Bible said in verse number 4, And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned into her house. David looked, David lusted, David partook. Friend, that's exactly what you and I will do with sin in our life. If we're not careful, we'll look at it, we'll lust after it, and it'll trip us up in this life. The devil will transform himself into a child of life to make things look good to the flesh, and then get you in a mess before you know you're a man. What happens when we give in to temptation? Oh, friend, David got his eyes off of God. And he sent fetched a woman and she conceived in verse number 5. Then David tried to cover up his sin. He said, uh-oh, I've messed up. Now I'm going to try and cover it up. He had dry kill to try and cover it all up. Just how many things that you try to cover up? Think about it. My goodness. I'd rather preach anything else to you. I'll just be honest with you. God's not going to let me step away from it. When you're alone, how many things do you try to cover up? Oh my. When you're sitting by yourself and nobody's around, God's around. God's friend. I'll give you three things that happened to David when he gave in to temptation. Well, number one, I want to look at the fact laziness happened. Number two, lasciviousness happened. Number three, love still happened as well. Well, let's get the message. Let's look number one at laziness happened, all right? What happens when we give into temptation? Laziness happened to David when he gave in. The Bible said in verse number one, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. These men were fighting the battle this morning, David's laying in bed when he should have been in the fire. Now something or someone had tempted David this morning to stay behind in the battle. Something tempted him. So instead of getting in the battle, instead of getting in the fight this morning, David sent everybody else out yonder to do the work that he was supposed to be doing. Do you think he was tempted? He stayed at home, didn't he? My goodness, many children of God stand in this day and time. Amen. Uh, on Sunday morning, here comes the devil, uh, and he'll say, Oh, just lay in bed a few more hours. How do you know, preacher? Because I'm exactly what you are. He comes to my bed, too, and he says, Oh, and, and, uh, and this friend asked him, But the drill will be coming out. You know, you're getting that good sleep. And you wake up and the pillow's stuck to the side of your head. And boy, the bed's still in good. And the devil said, oh, don't get up this morning. Is that, am I right or not? Temptation comes. Amen. I've never looked at 
this scripture like this before, but I think if we're honest, there have been times in our lives we've been like David, the devil's tempting you and me to let everybody go on to church and we'll just stay behind and let them fight the fight. Amen. Is that not what happens? The last thing the devil wants you to do this morning is come to God's house, get fed with the Word of God. Friend, he wants you to get fed with everything else but the book. He tempted David. Last thing he wants you to do is get help. That's the last thing the devil wants you to do is get help from God's Word. The last thing. Oh well. Well, just like David this morning, the people wants all over the world to stay out of church. They want them out, out of there. He wants them to sleep and stay in bed while everybody else is in the fight. Hey, I'm glad the gospel's going out on Facebook. I am. I am. But I've heard people make the statement, I can get just as much sitting in the house than I can go to church. Let me tell you what happens in my house when we watch on Facebook. Our little girl looks around. Amen. I can't get her to sit down. And I can't get her hooked. I'm just being honest. And then the dogs start. And I'll tell you, I might as well just not watch Facebook. I'm not preaching again but let me tell you what I am against. What I am against is the devil this day and time has got many people sitting at the house because they have said and made the statement themselves. I've heard of that I don't have to go to church because I can watch it here at home. Amen. But then you see them down the road at the Walmart or somewhere else. Well, what in the world's a different? Amen. What's happened in our day is that we are blinded. The devil and the flesh have used this virus and it's a real virus. Amen. I know that it is. I've seen the effects. But the devil's using it this morning to get people out of the fight. Lazy. Lots of folks are like, Amen. The battle needs to be fought. But they're not in the fight. Oh my. Oh my. I've seen many old saints of God get out of the fight. I've seen a lot. I've seen some of the greatest men of God that I looked up to get out of the fight. Get out of the battle. What happened? Temptation. Temptation. I know of a man right now, he's going to church, he's teaching Sunday school in our home church. Is doing good. All it took, and I'm not belittling this virus. I'm not. I don't say that because I'm not. It's a real thing. But hear me well. I know a man right now that got out of church when the virus came. I hear his family don't teach Sunday school no more. He's got one or two two kids, I think. My memory says that's right. He's got two kids, and you see him at Disney. They're all over Facebook. See them at Disney. See them at Dollywood. See them going down the river. Not one time you see them in the What happened? Temptation. See, it's there anyway. We have to deal with it all the time if you're like me, amen. But I'm very afraid. People are tempted, being, uh, tempted to be lazy and we're living in the Laodicean church age and we're lukewarm. We're not on fire no more. Amen. Listen, friend, uh, that's exactly what's going on. But friend, uh, there's people that will invite people to church all the time. They don't go to themselves. Why? Temptation. 
causing a lot of folks to get lazy in the fight. Bible said Matthew 4 and verse number 3. Brother J.R. done quoted this. When the tempter came to him, he said, Thou be the Son of God. Command these stones to be made bread. The tempter, who's the devil himself, came to Jesus. Said, Hey, if you were the Son of God, command these stones be made bread then. And if the devil came to Jesus, and I'm pretty sure the devil will come to you. And he'll tempt you. How do you know, preacher? Because he comes to me. Everybody in here, he comes to me. Listen, and, and sometimes we give a little too much credit. Because sometimes it's just our flesh. It's ourselves, And we tempt each other. And sometimes we'll put the saddle on our back and say, okay, devil, just go ahead and just come on. It'll be all right. I'll listen to you today. Amen. But if he come to you, and the question I want to ask this morning is this. When he comes, what are we going to do about it? Because he does come. He knew that if he could get David out of the fight, he knew that if he could cause David to struggle for the rest of his life, that he was going to do it. The Bible said in 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary is not your friend. He's your adversary. The devil has a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. John 10 and 10 said this, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's exactly what he wants for your land. It's what he wants for your home. It's what he wants for you to destroy you. The devil cannot get to David's soul. But he sure got to David's life. Let me tell you something. If you're saved, you can't get your soul. He can sure break your life. He sure can. I've seen it firsthand. You and I will be tempted through this life. We'll have thoughts that we don't know where they even come from. Now you're going to have to be honest. Straight A looks tough, right? Just a minute. Let them go crooked for a while. Hear me well. You're going to have thoughts that you don't know where they come from. Words come through your head that you don't understand. Well, preachers that wrong. The wrong of the problem is this. When you and I give in to the temptation, that's where the wrong comes in. David gave in. Where's the temptation start? In your mind. The devil minds a stronghold of Satan, as Brother J.R. said. For what you and I are to do is we're to guard our minds. Well, how in the world would we do that, preacher? Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, uh, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the uh, even the death of the cross. The mind that was in Christ Jesus was the mind to become obedient to the Father. What we're losing Laziness, sorriness, 
happened to David. May I say that's what's going on in many churches of our day. We got these great padded pews, thank the Lord for them. We got great air conditioner, heat, man that runs it well. I think he does a good job. And if you don't, come see me, and I'll tell you he does a good job anyhow. But listen, all right. If you keep a bunch of that that's happy running air conditioner and heat, you're doing a good job. Now listen to me. Laziness happened to David. We've become the church of Laodicea. We're not on fire for God. We're lukewarm. And if we're not careful, God's going to stew the church out of his mouth. Now said this in Revelation 3, verse 15 through 17. I know the works that thou are neither cold nor hot. This is Jesus talking, I would that were cold or hot. He said, Don't be in the middle. Revelation 3 and 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither hot, cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, air conditioner, padded pews. Amen. Because thou increased, I am rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing, and knowest that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind and naked. He said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Oh, friend, we're lazy. Say, preacher, I don't like this. Just be honest. We're lazy. We can be lazy on God. Cold on God. David was lazy. I was talking to a lady the other day, and she said this. And she made this statement herself. She said, I remember this church. That's what's good. She said, there used to be a stove up there. I think it sat right on the arm somewhere. And she said, we need to keep it hot in the church. She said, but we were so excited to sit in there with our gloves on because God was doing something. You know why she was excited? Because folks were coming in. God was doing work. Why don't we see it today? Increase the goods. Think about it. We'll put our emphasis on the things instead of the Creator. And it just so happens, I'm very afraid this morning we've got lethargic Christians. And all they do is come in and go out. Come in and go out. That's why God laid on my heart to go door knocking. But listen, we've become like David. And we've getting right into temptations. Well, something had tempted him to stay right there at the house. And maybe you're here this morning. I don't know your heart. But maybe something has tempted you this morning to cause you to go away from God. Hey, my goal this morning is not to hurt you. God's goal is not to hurt you. It's to help you. Maybe you've been tempted by something in your life. And it's given you a fit. And you say, preacher, I'm tired of it. You can get out of it. You can get out of it right when we get lazy. God gives you Scripture. Listen, the Bible said in Proverbs 6, 6 to 11, Go the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest, how long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. How long, child of God, are we going to sleep? It's time to wake up. David got back on fire. 
But his laugh had done become a mess. Maybe you're right on the verge this morning. Listen, I don't know your heart. I know this as your pastor. I love you. If you're visiting here, I love you. I do. Maybe you're on the verge this morning of making a mess out of your life. David was at that place too. A man in God's own heart. Maybe you're about to make a mess. Maybe you're about to make a you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Right before David made a mess of his life, laziness happened. He got lazy on God. And he said, no, you boys go right ahead. I'm going to tear your behind. Well, laziness happened. Let's look number two. At lasciviousness happened as well. The Bible said in verses 26 through 27. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David done displeased the Lord. That word lasciviousness means tendency to excite lust and promote irregular indulgences. All because of the laziness and the temptation that David had given into in his life, he was excited to do some things that he normally, under normal circumstances, would not have done. This is out of character for David. Friend, it will cause you and me to sin in this life. Temptation will if you give in to it. And it just so happens the word lasciviousness is right up there with the word sin. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 21, unless when, I become, unless when I come again, God will humble me among you, and that I shall be well, many which have sinned already, and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they committed. David had given himself right into temptation. God was at the same place he had always been. He's the chief cornerstone, the builder, the foundation. He never ever left. But David turned his back on God. How many times have we turned our back on him? And he's never turned his back on us. In this middle of all this temptation, David hurt Bathsheba. How? Just in the fact he had forced her. Just in the fact that he had given in to temptation, their child died. Just in the fact that he had given in to temptation, his sons would now lay with his wife right in the middle where everybody could see, out in the open. How many people have you affected your life because of sin turned away from God and caused somebody else to miss something in life. Well, God give me that hope. Temptation did not just affect David, it affected the people around him. Listen, the Bible says in verse number 27. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Most of all, it hurt God. Let me tell you. Broke God's heart. God said, "A man that is God's own heart has now messed up." 
I say to you this morning, sin, when we give in to temptation in this life, it, affect, it can affect our family, it can affect our church family, it can affect our nation, it, can, it, goes, it goes way deeper. Sin has a root that can't be stopped. But one day it will be. I'm talking about right now. This man, after God's own heart, broke God's own heart. And I say to you this morning, temptation, when we give in to it, hurts the God of heaven. That gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It breaks God's heart. You know, there in the Bible, the shortest verse in the Word of God said, Jesus wept. And he looked at all that was going on, and Jesus broke. Sin breaks the heart of God. It'd be like this it'd be like one of the children that we have. We brought them to church. We're trying to raise them right. Then they just go off somewhere. They would come back again. That's what temptation does to God. We're His children. David turned his back on God. And it looks like David saying, Yeah, God, you've done all this for me. But I'm going to go and do my own thing. I'm telling you the worst thing you can ever do is do your own thing. Don't do your own thing. Some of you getting ready to go to prom. Don't do your own thing. Mind God. Mind the Lord. Hear me well. Many people will do that with God, especially after they get saved. Well, I'm good now. Got my fire insurance. I just do whatever I want. That's a bad attitude. Sin don't hurt us. It hurts God in heaven that loved us. I know all that. does all that. didn't cost you in the long run as well. Bible said in 2 Samuel 12 and verse number 11. Look at 2 Samuel 12, 11. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. Boy, oh boy. All because of what David done, it cost him the blessings of God upon his life. Yes, God forgive our sins. He's faithful and just. But you still have to pay the price. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Too many people are dabbling, playing with sin in our day. And it's not worth it. Our young folk go to school, go to college. You see all the college kids as we drive from Boone, we see them walking the roads. I don't care nothing about God. They're dabbling in sin. They don't care about God. I've known some families had their children go to college. And I, I'll, I'll make this statement. I want mine to do well. I want her to succeed. I don't know if I want her to go to college. It scares me half the bed. And I see them dabbling in sin, not caring about anything. Friend, the world wants you to drink alcohol. The world wants you to try the Next drug. There says the boy at 21. Don't, don't look at me scared. <laughs> Listen, he went and a gun. He said, I'm a bottle. I say, hallelujah. Buy all the guns you want and give us a few. <laughs> the world and the devil seeks to devour you. 
Giving in to David, giving in to temptation, costed David the blessings on his land. It caused him sorrow. Second Samuel twelve sixteen through eighteen says this: David therefore besought God for the child. David fasted and went in, lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. David was praying there, and it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself? We tell him the child is dead. You know the rest of the story, but at this time in his life, David was miserable. He wouldn't eat. He prayed and prayed and prayed. He fasted there. He was hungry. All because of the sin of his life. He would have never had to pray for this child if he hadn't messed up. We've got to a place and to a point where we make little of sin, make light of sin. It's still wrong. What David could have had if he had not have given in to temptation in his life. It would be amazing the things we could see God do if we wouldn't give in to temptation in this life. David gave in to temptation. It costed him, but it also caused some hard language to go his way as well. Listen to this. He met a man by the name of Nathan. The Bible said in 2 Samuel 12, 7-9, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? And hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. God sent Nathan to say, David, you're guilty. And that was hard language to David's face. Now I'm going to say this. And I want you to listen. A lot of folks get mad at the preacher, get mad at the Sunday school teacher when they preach and teach something like this. I'm going to tell you why. Because of you. If you wasn't guilty, I know I've been there. If you wasn't guilty, then we'd say amen. I shut the house down and run the kids. That's not popular, but it's right. A lady got mad one time. And she made this statement to me. She said, she said, I went to a church the other day and a preacher said, if you listen to rock music, you just go to hell. Now that's what she told me. And the Lord for Facebook in this aspect, I went back and I listened to the preacher. And he said, I don't know why a child of God would want to listen to such field. He didn't say nothing about sending to hell. Not a word of it. You know what happened? She got mad. Got on her road. What I'm saying is this. Whenever something like this is preached, don't get hard. Let God help you. And, and, and let Him not harden your heart. But say, God, that's right. And I want to get right. David didn't get mad. David said, I've sinned. He said, I've messed up. He didn't blame his neighbor, he didn't blame the church. He didn't blame the preacher. He didn't blame the deacon. 
David said, you're right. Boy, that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. Number three. Love still happens well. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 12, verses 12 through 13, For thou didst this secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. And David said to Nathan, See, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, and thou shalt not die. David admitted to God. He said, God, I've done wrong. I'm sorry. I've sinned. I've messed up. And friend, listen to what the Bible said. The Bible said, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Hey, friend, I'm telling you this morning, have you been living a life where you're under the weight of sin? under the temptation that you've been doing, the wrong that you've done. I'm telling you this morning, you ain't got to stay under the weight no more. You can get right with God and go out here and shout victory. How do you know, preacher? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And I'm glad I serve a God who's got enough mercy and enough grace Amen. You ain't going to bankrupt heaven by asking God for mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Hey, you say, preacher, I've messed up, done things wrong. I need to get right. Well, glory, get right then. Hallelujah. We'll shout with you. I'll tell you what he'll do. When you ask him, he'll wash all that sin away, clean you up, let you serve God again. The Bible said in 1 John 2, verses 1 through 2, my little children, these things write out unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, he have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he's the propitiation for our sin, not for ours only, but also for the sin of the whole world. David said, I've messed up, confessed his sin to God, not to, not to some man, not to a knothead or a knothole. He confessed it to God, he got it under the blood, and he served God again. Say, so, preacher, it's been a long time since I've served God. I say today's a good day to get back serving Him. There's only one that can do that for you. Watch the way you see on His name's Christ. I'm going to say this. You say, preacher, I've been on temptation. Preacher, I've gave into it. You don't have to be some gross sin. Lots of times the first thing we think of is, is adultery. You don't have to be that. It can be something so simple as this. I looked at my phone and I should have been reading my Bible. That's temptation. That's simple, but it's right. Anyway, preacher, I used to live for God and I ain't, I ain't lived for Him like I ought to. It'd be simple as that. Temptation came to David. David got lazy on God. And he said, you know, you boys are still right here. You boys go on. I'm afraid today that many people have gotten lazy People that used to go to church, people that used to say they love God, and they've gotten lazy. They said, Well, just let them go on. Just let them go ahead. I've heard grandparents make this statement to their grandchildren. Well, I went to church for many years. I don't need to go now. Yeah, you do. I do. We all do. What I'm asking is this. Will you be the next one? Will you be the next one? That says you will just... I've been in church my whole life. I've heard you. I'll just carry on. Y'all go right here. That's not the attitude to have. 
Or will you be like David? Say, I'm not going to harden my heart. I'm not going to get mad at everything that's the other. I'm going to get right. And you can walk out of church. And the devil will be mad. And you'll be glad. Sin will take you farther than you want to stay. Keep you longer than you meant to be there. That's not, that's not quoting it right, but you know what I'm saying. If some temptation has taken you and caused you to think about that more than it has God, it can be that simple. It can be that simple. There's a way out for you. You don't have to be a servant of laziness. The Bible plainly states God has made a way for you and me to overcome temptation in this life. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 14 says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. That verse does not say He's not going to put so much on you that you can't bear. And all the Bible says, I've heard people make that statement. Sometimes He puts too much on us to bear so we just cast it on the one that can handle it. The Bible said this, There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You know what we got to do? Plead the blood of Jesus and from the temptation. God's made a way out. Friend, you can lay the weight, the sin aside this morning. David got back in the fire. David served God again. If you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, temptation is taking me. But I want you this morning. God wants you to get the victory this morning. Don't put it off the next week. Don't put it off until tomorrow night. Get the victory over it and live for God again. The devil will be mad. You be glad. Friend, David got back in the fight. And as I read my Bible, I don't see it again. David fell. I don't see that again. Now David had lots of trouble because of what he'd done. But David did not go back to it again. Now we're going to fail and we're going to fall short. But we shouldn't try. I'm afraid what we're doing is we'll take that shovel and we'll dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper and then we'll dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper in the sin. That's not what David did. David got up. David got right. And he served God again in his life. Became that man after God's own heart again. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. I'm done.